Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this Lenten night from John's Gospel, chapter 18. Listen to verse 10. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. So far, our text. Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was both a general in World War II, as well as our nation's 34th president, once said the following about leaders. He said, in order to be a leader, a man has to have followers. A platoon leader doesn't get his platoon to go by standing up and shouting and saying, I'm smarter, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm the leader. No, he gets men to go along with him because they want to do it for him and they believe in him. Our person of the passion this evening is Simon Peter, who certainly fits the words of Dwight D. Eisenhower like a glove, because Peter was a natural-born leader, wasn't he? The unofficial president or chairman or ramrod or sergeant of one of the most famous platoons of all time, 11 other soldiers, the 11 disciples of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that the Bible never tells us exactly how Peter became the leader of Jesus' disciples. He simply is. Whenever the disciples are mentioned in Scripture, Peter's name is always first on the list. Maybe Jesus appointed him. Maybe the other disciples elected him. In either case, it was a no-brainer decision, no contest. Peter had leadership skills coming out of his ears. Outspoken, brash, boisterous, confident, and then some. He's the quarterback. He likes calling the plays, even though sometimes he speaks before he thinks, Lord, this will never happen to you. Even if I die uh, uh, with you, I will never disown you. We like Peter, though. We can't help but like him. And even when his mouth gets him in trouble, we just can't find it in ourselves to hold it against him. He is a born leader. And he has some courage, too, doesn't he? This guy has some, some guts, some chutzpah, some grit, some sand. Peter leads with his helmet, doesn't he? He takes the puck and he goes straight to the net every time. And we like that. He, he's like a kind of New Testament, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or John Wayne or Bruce Willis. He's heroic. I don't remember any of the other disciples jumping over the side of the boat and trying to walk on the waves. I don't remember any of the other disciples standing up for Jesus when the soldiers show up in the Garden of Gethsemane. And no one else played commando and followed Jesus back to the temple courts after he's arrested. Oh, Peter has courage, all right. All leaders do, and we love him for that, too. But despite all of his leadership characteristics, Peter did have his flaws, and they were obvious, painfully. 
On Monday, Thursday evening, outspoken Peter denies even knowing Jesus. How could that be? And on the same night, brave and courageous Peter turns tail along with the rest of the disciples, abandoning Jesus, running off into the middle of the night, leaving Jesus in the hands of his enemies. Come on, Pete, we wonder. What happened to those leadership skills of yours? What happened to your faith, Pete? What happened to your courage? I've always found it interesting that when Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane on that Monday, Thursday. Peter was armed with a sword. What's up with that? Anyway, why would a fisherman be armed and dangerous? Why would a fisherman be practicing concealed carry? I mean, a fillet knife, maybe? I mean, that makes sense. But for the love of Pete, Pete, why a sword? possible answers. Well, the city of Jerusalem was a dangerous place at night, maybe. Peter was worried about uh, Jesus' Jewish enemies, you know, those Pharisees, those Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, possibly. Or Peter was worried about the Romans, maybe, could be. But for my money, the reason Peter carried a sword is that he was still confused as to what kind of a savior Jesus might be. Even though Jesus had preached about God's love instead of national politics, even though Jesus had healed the sick and raised the dead instead of raising an army, even though Jesus had flat out told his disciples that he was headed to Jerusalem to suffer and die, even though Jesus had entered the city on Palm Sunday as a humble servant, not a conquering general, still Peter doesn't get it. The humble, suffering servant Jesus was not the kind of Messiah that Peter and many of the Jews were looking for. Peter still wants Jesus to get rid of those Romans. He still wants Jesus to drive their armies into the Mediterranean Sea. He still wants to be a fighter and a leader of men and battle under the banner of General Jesus. And that's why Peter carries a sword. He doesn't understand the enemies that Jesus came to fight. Sin, death, the power of Satan. He doesn't understand that to be a leader in Christ's army you first have to be a follower. And Peter's not following Jesus. Not yet. He still has to learn how to deny himself and pick up his own cross and suffer for his Savior. And so he draws his sword in the garden because Jesus' plan isn't what Peter had planned. And so he denies Jesus in the courtyard because Peter just wasn't ready to pay the cost for Jesus. He wasn't ready for jail or suffering or maybe even crucifixion himself. He wasn't ready to pay that kind of price tag for Jesus. Not easy to be a leader in the army of Jesus Christ. You have to become a follower first, and that does mean denying yourself it means swallowing that pride that we all have. It means forgetting your own plans and accepting whatever plan God has 
for your life. And as Peter would learn, becoming a Christian leader always means that these words are on your lips. Not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. And sometimes, most times, God's will comes at a cost, comes at a price, with some kind of cross attached to it, and maybe it might be popularity. It might be a promotion at work that doesn't come your way, or financial success. You know, following Jesus might cost you a friendship or two, or clout, or prestige, or a place uh, on the team. Denying yourself, putting what Jesus wants before what you want, that's what Christian leadership is all about. Stories told about two gas company servicemen, a senior training supervisor, and a young trainee who were out checking gas meters in a subdivision. They parked their truck at one end of the street and then worked their way to the other end, checking meters along the way. At the last house, a woman was looking out of her kitchen window, watching the two men as they checked her gas meter. And as they finished, the senior supervisor challenged the young trainee to a race back to their truck just to show the younger guy what kind of shape he was in. So off they went. As they came running up to their truck, they realized that the lady from the last house was huffing and puffing right behind them. They asked her what was wrong, and gasping for breath, she replied, well, when I see two gas men running as hard as you two were, I figured I'd better run too. <laughs> you may not think of yourself as a leader. You might, think, might not think that you are very important, but you are. Because you are someone's role model, aren't you? You are someone's hero. And there are folks who follow you, whether that someone is your children or your grandchildren or an employee at work, or the neighbor two doors down, or an underclassman at school, or the person sitting behind you in church tonight, people are watching you. They're watching as you live your Christian life for Jesus, and they will follow in your footsteps. So whether you like it or not, you are a leader in the body of Christ, a leader in Christ's army. So, learn to lead. Learn to lead like Peter, a man who made his mistakes, but he never made the mistake of giving up his faith like Judas did in his Savior. Lead like Peter, who learned how to deny himself and accept God's plan for his life. Lead like Peter, who never became a general in an army but certainly captained the early Christian church. Lead like Peter, who gladly carried his cross, and he did pay the price for following Jesus. Lead like Peter as a Christian parent, or a grandparent, or a mom and dad, or a Christian teenager. Lead like Peter, and follow Jesus wherever he decides to take you. Amen. And the peace in Christ that follows all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.